Mostly cloudy today, but it'll stay largely dry with just a few scattered showers. Highest temperatures ranging from 16 to 19 degrees. And now you're up to date on Newstalk. Thank you for that, Eamon and Will. You are listening to Lunchtime Live and Unscripted with Kira here on Newstalk. Today we've got two hours of open mic for you. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about it. That's what we do of a Friday. We hear from you. You are the guests. You decide the agenda for today's thing. So whether or not... Obviously, there's a moratorium on the election, but I would like to, you know, hear, are you voting? I, th- I think it's so important people vote. And Ivan, I should point out that my, my lovely colleague, Ivan Yates, is going to have a podcast on the outcome of the election and uh, do tune in and have a listen to that. But, you know, it is important, isn't it, that we exercise our democratic rights on the day that's in it. We still, despite it being unscripted, have a fantastic competition for you a little bit later on. I will tell you about that. But have a listen to this. Ah, you nearly caught me singing there. But yes, are you putting your hair in pigtails tonight? Putting on your platform runners, doing a couple of backflips and heading to Croke Park for some girl power because the Spice Girls are in fact in town. And I would love to know, are you going? Were you a mad fan in the 90s? Were you somebody who got really behind? I mean, girl power was a big thing. We had had boy bands forever. We'd had boy bands since the Beatles. But this was I don't know if you remember it, but I certainly remember when Girl Power hit the stage and Ziggy Zigga and all that jazz. And it was kind of a phenomenon and people did spice up their lives. And I would love to know what you're doing. Are you having a weekend in town? Are you having a night out with your pals in town? Are you bringing your daughters? What's going on? Thousands of you heading to Croke Park tonight. Indeed, thousands from around the world heading to Croke Park tonight. Um, apparently, Posh will not hit the stage, although there is talk she's going to go to some of the concerts. I uh, don't know which ones. Maybe you do if you're if you're an absolute super fan. But what's going on? Tell us about your, your attempts to spice up your life this evening in and around Dublin. I would love to hear from you. If you want to get involved in any of the conversations here on Lunchtime Live, you can call Kira. 1890-453-106. It's a low-call number. You can text me at 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. You can tweet us at Lunchtime Live NT or at Kira Kelly Doc, or you can email us at lunchtime live at newstalk.com. And do tell us if you have any fantastic memories of the Spice Girls. They did, of course, make a video in Stony Batter here. Uh, I think it was the video for Stop. Was it for Stop right now? Um if if you if you have memories of them, if you met them, if you shimmied in the streets of Stony Batter with them, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, I think it's a great fun weekend for people. I think it's great the Spice Girls are coming, and uh, I think we should all spice up our lives a little bit. Now, one of the things we love to do on uh, live and unscripted here of a Friday is we love to kind of answer queries for people. We love to hear from people. People send us emails with all kinds of things that we could never predict they would. And this one caught my eye this week. It says uh, this is from. Eamon, and it says, Kira, I have been made aware of something in work this week and I'm really angry about it, but I think I need advice before I do anything because I don't know what to do. I have found out that there is a group of colleagues in my work that have been gossiping about my relationship with a female co-worker. The co-worker 
in question. Let us call her Claire. That is not her name, but let, why don't we call her Claire? She and I work in the same department and regularly we have to work on projects together. We have a great relationship. We have great crack working together. And I suppose maybe that is why they have interpreted us as having some kind of a romantic connection. But I'm raging about this. I am happily married. And now I feel like I've done something wrong, even though I haven't. I don't think that Claire has heard these rumours and I'm really embarrassed to mention it as she has a partner too. What do I do here? If I say something to somebody, am I adding fuel to the fire? I don't know where to go. 53106. Have you ever been in that position? Have you ever been talked about as if you've been having an affair that you weren't having? That would be very annoying. Have you ever been having an affair and talked about for that reason? I want to know what's going on around the office coolers in your workplace. But to discuss what this listener might Uh, think about doing in response to what they've heard because they're clearly upset. They've said that they're raging, they're upset, they want to address it, they don't know what to do. I am joined by Dr Ray O'Neill who is a psychoanalyst uh, and probably famous to you from And First Comes Marriage, uh, the TV show. But Ray, you're very welcome. What what did you make of it? I kind of feel sorry for this lad. I I think, I, I mean, I'm taking it at face value that he's not having the affair and that he... He feels very maligned by the gossip and he really doesn't know what to do about it. Well, I think contrary to what Harry and Sally told us, men and women can be friends without sex always getting in the way. And But of course, it's got in the way here because now people are gossiping. And gossiping can be another word for small-minded people who bully others. Yeah, I, I, and is that what's happening? Do you think this is a kind of a form of, of bullying, as in... Maybe some people know it's not an affair, but they love having a bit of a a, a bitch and a gossip about somebody. Well, this is it. So, look, you know, as Oscar Wilde famously said, there's only one thing worse than being (laughs) talked about, and that's not being talked about. So somewhere for Eamon, there's a compliment in him that his life is much more exciting than the small minded people around the water cooler. But nonetheless, it's hurting him. The best thing I would I would absolutely suggest is gossip thrives on secrecy. Okay, so. so this is all whispered little comments behind Heyman's back. He obviously overheard something or got tipped off. Yeah. And now he's kind of concerned whether Claire knows or doesn't know and what should he do and he's embarrassed to mention it. Say it to Claire. Once things are out in the open, gossip loses its power. I'm sure it does, but I imagine one of the reasons he doesn't want to say it to Claire is, is first of all, he's probably morto and he doesn't want to put her morto and he may, in fact, feel that if he says it to Claire, it's going to create such an awkwardness between them that the friendship now that he values is going to be knocked on the head because of the the bitching and the, and the controlling behaviour maybe of colleagues who, who maybe resent them having a, a proper friendship. But equally... You know, when if somebody approaches you and goes, hey, did you hear people think we're having an affair? It's almost like an opening gambit. He might he might feel that it would be misconstrued as some kind of an overture towards her too, no? If that's all that's all potentially there. But again, the best thing to do is is to is to be honest with somebody. And that's what the gossips aren't doing. And like if he wants to address it and he's worried about adding fuel in the fire, then Claire will hear about it. But it's better that Claire hears about it with her consent and knowledge. Because maybe she'll say, Eamon, please do nothing about it. And then that's respecting Claire's relationship and Claire's boundaries. Or maybe well, Claire will say, well, to hell with them too. Let's address it together. And then the gossips lose their power. The, whenever we're awkward about saying something, the best way to approach it is to say, I'm really awkward about this. I don't know how to handle this, but I'm going to try my best. And it's in that kind of trying to be honest with someone 
that friendship, the real solid friendship is based and formed. Yeah, it seems to me, and I think this is, is, is a, a wrong thing, but I, it seems to me that what will probably happen, unless Claire and this lad who, who's emailed us are very strong in themselves in terms of their character, that it is them who are going to change their behaviour, that in some way they'll start checking themselves around other people. In some ways, instead of having a, a lovely, open, friendly relationship where they get on like a house on fire and it actually adds to the quality of their working lives, they're going to be stilted and awkward and wondering what other people think. I see them as probably the likelihood is that, that they are going to change them. And I guess what that makes me wonder is, is why do people do this? Why do the other people that are having the gossip do this? Because, you know, is it an attempt to, is it a begrudgery to see people who are happy in the workplace and maybe you're not happy in the workplace? Or is it an attempt to sort of control and, and keep us all in line in terms of our social behaviour. There's there's something in this, how the there, herd there, works. There's an envy at work. And so this you're absolutely right. There's a policing that happens yeah. around, you're having too much fun, you're having too many friends, you're enjoying work, you're happily married and yet have this, you know, nice relationship. I'm going to destroy it. Now, it may not be consciously malicious on the gossiper's part, but gossip is always malicious. And yeah. that's where the gossiper's you know, you're right, they're not going to change their behaviour because they're doing no, no harm. But gossip takes lives. Yeah. Gossip affects people's lives. It affects people's mental health. In terms of this guy here telling you that he's raging about that. What does he do with that anger? What does he do with that fr- frustration? And obviously the, the great thing to do, and it's a very brave thing to do, and I certainly wouldn't suggest he do this without Claire's consent, is to actually confront the gossips and go, geez, I hear we're the talk of the town. What is it you're saying? You see, I quite like that idea, even more than going to Claire, who maybe is happily oblivious to this and maybe should be left happily oblivious of it. Because Claire, clearly, if we're, like we have to take this at face value. Claire's done nothing wrong. She has a friendship with somebody at work. He says she's in a happy relationship, as is he. And, and they, neither of them, are, are, have designs on each other. That's that's his his take on all of this. I love the idea of him heading over to the water cooler and seeing the little, you know, the mean girls or it probably isn't necessarily girls either, but sees, you know, I'm just using that that trope mean girls, <laughs> but, but you know, sees the people there looking over, saying the few things. I love the idea of him walking up to them and saying, oh, by the way, I did hear what you were saying about us, but um, not true. Thanks very much for showing an interest. But uh, no, not having an affair. How about your love lives? You know, I, I love the idea of him doing that. Is is that a bad thing to do? It's. I don't think it's a bad thing. I would encourage talking with Claire, lest she's blindsided from two fronts. But that's, I, I just really believe in information and people being honest. But the power of shame, shame is a very powerful emotion. And right now, Eamon's on the receiving end because he's being made feel ashamed of having a friendship with Claire. Yeah. Which is is enjoyable. So now push the shame back where it belongs, which is on the gossipers. And without being aggressive, like almost, Jesus, I can't, is it true? Are you, really, is that, are we so starved of gossip this week? (laughs) <laughs> that now we're making up a story. Who, who's saying this? And you kind of lightheartedly push it back on the other people. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I love the idea of some backlash to the gossipers. I love the idea of, of, of seeing them in a huddle and going over and saying, actually, that's so funny. You thought it was us because I thought it was you having the affair with each other. I, lo- I love the idea of some kind of a pushback. But is there a way of dealing with gossip in a general sense in, in, in an office? I mean, we work in a big, you know, we're in Marconi Towers here in Newstalk and 
I, I, to be honest, I'm one of those kind of idiots that's semi-oblivious to gossip. So there could be gossip raging all around me and I'd probably go over my head. But but is there a good way of dealing with it in general? Because I imagine in small towns, in workplaces, in schools, in offices, in all sorts of setups, you know, tennis clubs, any of those small environments where there's a bunch of people who all rub along together. Gossip is kind of a thing, isn't it? Gossip is the kind of a thing. And I suppose there's kind of harmless gossip and then there's harmful gossip. And in many ways, only the person being gossiped about can ultimately know. And we know in Ireland, in workplaces, in small communities, in larger communities, the power that gossip around somebody's sexuality might have, about someone's sexual orientation, about someone's personal life, about pregnancy, about termination of pregnancy. You can destroy someone's life with gossip. Yeah, yeah. And so the real thing, again, and it actually can be, end up being a HR issue, is because it is so powerful. Ultimately, gossip is envy. And that's where you have to the kind of position yourself there. Whoever's gossiping about you is envious of you as a person, of your profession, of your marriage, of your family, and they want to undermine it. And unfortunately, Ireland is too much a nation of begrudgery where like someone is successful or someone's doing that. Oh, let's take them down a peg or two. Oh, they've got notions. They have ideas above their station. Let's bring them down. Sure, now gossip. Won't that do it? Yeah, yeah, I I don't, I don't. I don't get it, but it's it's a it's a cowardly way, isn't it, of, of of talking about somebody behind their back saying mean things, particularly because whoever started this rumor, if we take it at face value, they're not having an affair. So whoever started this rumor made it up. Do you know what I mean? Because somebody, nobody, had insider knowledge that they were that they were having an affair because they're not having an affair. So somebody somewhere along this, you know, Chinese whispers chain, came up with this slur, as it were, but that is untrue. And and literally made it up and, and spread it as a rumour that other people ran with. And that's what I say. That, so the power is in the secrecy. And then I would hope, Eamon, in some way, ideally with kind of Claire's consent and knowledge, that they just confront it together, either as a HR issue or just go up to the washer cooler and go, what's this about? Honestly, is life so small that you're gossiping about us? Yeah. Like, what is it about our friendship that's so threatening that it needs to be gossiped about? But... Gossip is endemic in our modern culture. The tabloid presses, going onto Facebook, reading about what actress is doing what with what actor. We we live for gossip, but that's because we live in the shadow of other people's so-called glamorous lives. Yes. Celebrate your own life. Could could it be a HR issue? Could could, could this this lad have have recourse to to HR and go, do you know what? I'm being spoken about behind my back. It's come back to me. I've heard this said. Another co-worker has been spoken about in the same way. We feel it's a form of bullying where, you know, we've done nothing untoward. We feel it's a slur on on his marriage, on her relationship and and they'd like management to do something. Is there a a role for that? I have no clue. Well, legally, every employee is entitled to dignity and respect in the workplace. So you can raise anything with HR and then it's up to HR to decide whether that, how they want to handle it, how, you know, what of an issue they want. But if it's affecting your dignity and your mental health in the workplace, then of course it's a HR issue. Yeah, no, I, I see that. 53106 is the text line. We are on Lunchtime Live and Unscripted of a Friday. We got an email in from a listener who said, 
The talk of the offices is that he is having an affair with a female co-worker who he's great pals with. He is not having an affair with her. He's now very upset and embarrassed, but equally angry that this is being said. He's a happily married guy and the girl in question is in a relationship too. He doesn't know what to do about it. I'd love to know, 53106, uh, what you think he should do about it. I'm talking to Dr Ray O'Neill, who's a psychoanalyst, about how to handle gossip and how perhaps in this particular instance this listener should, should respond. Someone has texted and said, years ago, Kira, a male colleague and I were the centre of gossip for months in our workplace. Everyone said we were having an affair. We both ended up single, so we decided we might as well give them an answer to the gossip and we became friends with benefits while we were between <laughs> relationships. We're still the best of friends many years later. I'm not sure that is the answer to the gossip, but, <laughs> but if they're happy, they're happy. Well, I suppose, it, you see, this is the thing about gossip thrives on secrecy. Once the secret is destroyed, and in this case, the, the, the person you're just speaking with there who texted in, they just made it, they actually made it true. And then when it became true, there's no gossip power. It's like when Leo Varadkar came out, like that had to have been a real fear and anxiety for him as an ambitious yeah. politician. When would somebody gossip? And there was gossip about him, you know, in the year, especially as he rose through the ranks. And the greatest way to take away the power of that gossip was coming out and kind of going, well, now what are you going to do with the truth? And there's nothing to do with truth. Yeah, it's true. and also nobody nobody gave a monkey's. Although I have to say, I have heard. Actually, I've heard it about myself. I have heard about many people who are in the public eye. Oh, you know, they're actually gay, or they're actually a lesbian, or whatever. And I was sitting once at a dinner party, and a woman leaned into me and says, "I think, as your friend, I should just tell you what people are saying about you." I'm, I'm saying this to disempower the gossips, but uh, she said, "You know, I, I've heard that you're a lesbian," and I said, um, "I'm not a lesbian. Uh, thanks very much for." telling me in this story as my friend. I don't think she was telling me as my friend at all. But I, you know, but I've never said that actually out loud before because I didn't know how to handle it. I went, what the hell is this? Like people often, if they're on the back foot or the receiving end of being gossiped about, even if it's completely untrue, often, just to be clear, not a lesbian, um, but don't know what to do with it because you, you, you're kind of disempowered, I suppose, by hearing that people are talking about you. And again, this this is so once once you're in kind of the public eye in particular, and the public eye could be someone who's kind of vice chair of the local parish, Matter yeah. Neferima, yeah. or it could be T-shirts, the country, or radio presenter. But once you've got ideas above your station, we're very very cruel in terms of bringing people back. And again, a gossip is only powerful if it's not true and it's a secret. And I think coming out is a great example of that. Like yeah. for Eamon and for Claire, come out about your friendship and it takes the gossip away. Stay with me a second, Ray, because loads of people are getting involved with this. I think lots of people, it turns out, have been on the receiving end of gossip and uh, a bit like myself and many other people don't know what to do about it. But Tim is on the line. Tim, what do you make of this story? Um, hi, Kira. Thanks How's for having going? me on. <laughs> I seem to chat you about numerous things. But thanks again. Um, yeah, I, I've 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 experienced this myself in the past where I've had people making random comments, um, you know, with a friendship that I had in a in a previous job. Yeah. Um and it's just yeah, people just you know they add up they add up two and two and get twenty million and just to you know, make random comments. So I've had like, you know, oh my god, you two must, you know, really get on, you know, I'm sure he's having an affair, like and you know, oh, I've okay. had random comments like that. I suppose, look, from this guy, um, he's talking about, you know, I, there's three parties in this, there's the, whether they're aware of it or not, because the workers are talking about this and they're wondering if, wondering if they should confront each other and talk about this or, you know, confront the workers. Yeah. 
one way or the other is, you know, if this comes to light, their partners are going to get wind of this at some point in the future, whether they want it or not. And I think honesty is the best way forward. So, you know, if their partners are slightly insecure and they say, well, everyone at work's talking about a potential affair, you know, it, it, it'll cause disruption one way or the other. Yeah. So, so they, there, they really need to think about this. Yeah, there is a kind of a, a potential harm from this gossip, as you say, to their own oh, there is core completely. relationships. Can I ask you, how did you cope? If, if it was said about you and you were having, obviously, I, I hear what you're saying, you were not having an affair in the workplace, but it was being said about you because you had a friendship. Oh, you must be, ha- this is that back to that men and women can't be friends nonsense. I nearly said an expletive um, but nonsense but how yeah. did you handle it when you got wind that people were saying and it always seems it to be about, about sexuality or affairs it always seems to be those type of things that these gossips go for completely and it was actually said to both of us as a backhand comment in a lift of all places as well you know and uh, I actually didn't have to say something because uh, the lady in question put the other person in their place very very quickly um, and it was it was shot down um, you know quite yeah. minimally shot down as in, yeah. you know, who the hell do you think you are? You actually know nothing about anything of our relationship whatsoever. And it, in fairness, like, you know, I was actually on Galway and the other person was Dublin. And, you know, an affair would have been possible because we were both field sales <laughs> Even the logistics. And we're managers. So, <laughs> yeah, so the fact that we rang each other for support. And look, there's a bit of jealousy there because we were the top performing managers. So, you know, oh, we yeah. just rang and helped each other. So. You know, there's there's all of that. There's look, there's irresponsibility. There's callousness. There's just you know, there's judgment going on here from work colleagues, and what they're probably just considering a bit of banter and a bit of crack. Yeah. Don't realize, you know, if they actually walked in the shoes and thought, well, if someone was saying this about me, how would I feel? People just don't think anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think harm will come of this. Yeah. In some degree or or form, because as I say, if their partners are anyway insecure. And they get wind of this. Even and though and all platonic. partners can be insecure at different times, even in a solid relationship. You yeah, can, exactly. You can have periods of insecurity. And sometimes, like, if they're brutally honest with each other and go and sit down and say, look, you know what, this has been said about us, and they, and they go talk to their partners about this, someone's going to have a doubt somewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the way the world is, yeah. you know. Um, um, I... Yeah, I no, I, I hear you, know, Tim. I, I think you're making very good points. Thank you. I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Ray, can I ask you, on the foot of what Tim has just said, do you think that, that they should talk to their own partners even ahead of addressing it in the workplace in case it filters back to them and, and then, as Tim says, there's harm to their actual core relationships, their real primary relationships? Absolutely. Like, again, what Tim said is honesty is the best policy. It takes the venom, it takes the poison out of gossip. And every single one of us knows so what gossip is like to be on the receiving yeah. end or indeed to be participating in it. And just so it's a matter of without making a big drama out of things, you know, and that's unconscious. Eamon kept talking about his rage and his anger. And that's why, look, at, you know, he has to be mindful of where that ends up getting expressed. But going back to his wife, Claire going back to her partner and just saying, Listen, this bullshit is going around in work and I just need you to know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And just call it out and what it is because we all know that unfortunately some people can be just really bitchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, I'm just looking at the text and it says, officers always have these miserable gossips who have no life of their own. Usually, well, this is a bit sexist, usually middle-aged women fed up with their lives go to HR, it's bullying full stop. I don't think you can always presume who it is but I do think there's a miserableness to gossips. By the way, if you are the gossip, you're miserable. We think you're miserable. Um, do you hear a lot of this kind of thing, Ray? I, I, one of the things that fascinated me when I, in my former job was adults used to come to me with 
scenarios in their lives that were quite um, sort of reminiscent of nearly schoolyard stuff that, you know, they were being bullied by a bunch of friends, but they were in their 40s or they were being bullied in the workplace, but they were in their 50s. And and it got in on top of them in a way that if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have realised just how insidious and undermining gossip is. And, and bullying and all those things are to adults. We kind of think it's a kid problem. It's an adolescent problem or a schoolgirl or a schoolboy problem. But actually adults struggle with this stuff massively. And I, I love the word insidious that you used, Kira, because that's exactly what it does. And the nature of all kind of bullying is we all experience bullying and gossip at different levels as kids. And that injured child, that wounded, that insecure teenager, we still carry them with us. And it's so easy for that young person to get triggered again. Yeah. Because we all want to belong. We all want to be liked. And then you kind of hear this kind of bitchy noise around you. And it's really clever because it's so insidious. It's never overt. It's always alludes to things. And so a lot of people, you know, you know, their personal lives get gossiped about their marriage, their singlehood, what's happening, what's not happening. And, you know, people, and that's the thing to keep going, anyone who engages in gossip, yeah. is deeply miserable in their own life. I love it. Yes. And that's what you, as soon as you find yourself gossiping, because we all do it, myself included, hopefully, I mean, I would hope there was yeah, never maybe, at a religious level. But at least level. catch yourself and recognise it maybe. Exactly. You kind of go, why am I doing that? Or what is it about that person? We all love a little touch of scandal, a little bit of nuances. But I suppose in because I work as a psychoanalyst and I've worked in mental health for 30 years, I see the damage it does because it's gossip erodes. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily break, yeah. but erodes someone's self-esteem or what's at risk for, for Eamon here is, you know, his marriage that he's obviously proud of. Yeah. And he's secure enough in his marriage to have friendships with members of the opposite sex and know that that isn't a threat. Yeah. But other people are threatened. I don't get it at all. I, I really don't. Some of my best mates are, are men and, and, and has always been that since I was a teenager. And I, I don't understand this. But thank you very much, Ray. You've shed a lot of light on it. Uh, that is Dr. Ray O'Neill, psychoanalyst there. 53106 is the text. And what do you think? Have you been on the receiving end of this? A lot of people appear to be on the receiving end of this. Someone says, uh, Kira, I'm in a similar boat to your emailer. I'm good friends with a girl in my local gym. We train together. We have a great friendship. I'm married and my friend is a partner. No funny business going on. But I have heard rumours and we have laughed about it. But at the same time, I don't like the thoughts of people thinking I'm cheating on my lovely wife or my friend on her partner. I feel his pain. This is obviously a thing whenever we see, is this the, is this just the patriarchy in action? Is this societal fabric in action to control the behaviours of people? What is this? And someone says, Kira, I agree that denying any affair can have the opposite effect. By the way, I'd like to categorically state that I am not having an affair with Angelina Jolie. And that's from Brian. Brian, I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. I believe you. And someone else says, Kira, I have been single a long time and the gossip has always been spread that I am a lesbian. I am not. Uh, yeah, I feel your pain, but I haven't even been single and I don't I don't know where it's come from. But But nonetheless, people will say things about you and then you do hear them and then you think, yeah, miserable, miserable. Um, let's take a break. I don't actually know where we're going because we're live and unscripted. Maybe we'll have another little listen to the Spice Girls.